Hey, everybody. I'm Peter, and I'm a deserter. He's Mike, and he's a deserter. You're a deserter. We're all deserters. Welcome to Rebels Rebels. Hi, Mike. How are you? No one's an entree. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Welcome to Rebels Rebels. We are the podcast that is exploring the entire Star Wars expanded universe through a deep dive of TV, movies, books, and all other media. We are currently, though, talking... We're talking batch. We're two buds talking batch. Two buds talking batch. Yep. We're going to talk about Bad Batch episode two called Cut and Run. Cut and Run. Yeah. yeah. yeah but yeah, first, yeah. we are we are uh, currently recording on Mother's Day. How How was your Mother's Day, Mike? Oh, it was great. Made some good a brizzole and a focaccia, you know. Mm-hmm. It's very nice. Italian. Very Italian. Nice. It was... It was nice. How about yours over there in uh, in your world? It was good. This was the first time that I had like a social gathering that felt like a social gathering um, since everyone in my family is vaccinated. Um, it wasn't a big, big group, but uh, my mom came and my mother-in-law and father-in-law um, and we just made Drama. it nice. <laughs> oh no, I know it was so awkward. No, we just made, I made some sick <laughs> French toast. You would love it. Whoa. I yeah. love that. It was a nice day here. It was very, very pleasant. Why would I love your French toast? Because it was the bombest ass French toast I've ever okay. made in my life. Okay, cool. Was just it was so good. Why, why it was cor- cornflake crust, crusted French toast. Ooh, yeah. Oof. Oof. That sounds, that sounds real good. Oh, what did I say, Mike? What did okay, I say? I'm there. I'm there. All right, before we get started, I wanted to try We might cut this out, but I wanted to try, try a new bit. Okay. So I went to my local... We're on video right now, so I'll show Mike. I went to my to a card store and found these 99 cents Phantom Menace widescreen trading cards. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, uh, they're eight wide vision trading cards, special collector edition. Mm-hmm. Um my favorite Star Trek podcast opens up cards and talks about them. So, you know what? I'm going to open this pack up, and I just want to explore it. Might go sure. nowhere. It might be lame, but you know what? I want to see this, especially since you're such a Phantom Menace head. Wow. I wish we were streaming this on, like, uh, Twitch or something. Maybe. Maybe that'll be a giveaway. You can have these cards <laughs> if you oh, leave us a review on iTunes. Okay. Let's see. Let's just go through three. Okay. I'm going to pick three at random, and we'll see how this goes. All right. These are not that exciting. <laughs> so I was hoping it would be really exciting. Are they all new So it's literally just scenes from the movie. So this <laughs> this first one is called 12 Concerned Jedi. <laughs> oh, okay. It's literally the council looking at Anakin. Okay, wait. Okay, how about this? Read me the title and I'll guess the scene. Okay. 12 Concerned Jedi. Well, I want to read this. It says it, it's good because it narrates what's on the front. So this will be good for the listeners. Front. Mace Windu is intrigued by Qui-Gon's conclusion. You're referring to the prophecy of the one who will bring balance to the Force? The senior Jedi amplifies. You believe it's this boy? Qui-Gon admits he isn't certain. Yoda cuts to the heart of the matter. Training as a Jedi, you request for him. Qui-Gon nods, yes. Adding, fighting him will be the will of the Force. I have no doubt of that. And then it has it shows, it has a picture of the snake Jedi on the back. Remember that guy? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to do... All right. This one, I want you to guess what scene it is. It's a message from Moss Espa. 
let's say it's uh, just as, I, the the card is just going to be Jar Jar with his hands thrown up in the air. Like, right? <laughs> nope, the card is Qui Gon Jinn talking into his Gillette razor. Oh, the Gillette his razor. Gillette razor communicator. Yep. Oh, okay, yep. okay. In a small outdoor alcove, Qui-Gon, R2, Jar Jar, and Padme have found a quiet spot between two buildings. The busy street beyond is filled with dangerous-looking alien creatures. Wow. Okay, okay. It's a very dramatic reading. Okay, this is the last one. Let's do one more. Let's do it. Okay, I'm going to find a good one. (laughs) This is a good one. This one's called Protocol Droid Surprise. Uh, You, uh, what are you doing here? Uh, Blast him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, that's a good impression. I've never heard your clone impre- or your droid impression. That's great. Yeah. Nope. It's um, when there's the gas room and the oh, wow. silver the R2-D2 beginning. comes out. Yeah. Let's see what oh, the wow. dramatic battle droids cock their weapons before an open door. Deadly clouds billow from the room where two Jedi were waiting. Stumbling out of the smoke is TC-14, who offers the armed troops an embarrassed apology. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> nice. Okay. All this right. is good. How do you feel about the new bit? I love the new bit. I want okay, more perfect. of the new bit. I want a little bit of the new bit. All right. I'll save some. That was only three cards. I, I bought, let me see, one. Let's do two, three, three cards four, per episode. Five, six, seven. I bought seven packs, and I still have like five or six cards left in this one. Let's pack. do three cards per episode. I'll right. try to guess it, and you give it away. Beautiful. This will be a game at home too. So yeah. if you play at home, so far it's Mike zero, Peter <laughs> three. We'll we'll keep score. All if right. I can guess the scene, I think we should just do like a what? What? There should be a reward if you can guess the scene. Like we throw you a Ooh, pizza yeah. party or something. If I can guess the scene, um, oh gosh. <laughs> to think of what I win. We'll figure it out. We got some time. I just I sprung this on you unexpectedly. Oh, I tested my knowledge. I like it. Let's keep doing yeah. it. Cool. All right. You want to talk about this this episode? Yeah. You let's ready, talk Mike? Batch. I'm ready to talk some batch. Cool. Are we talking batch with brews tonight? Do you have a brew? no? No, that's only because that we recorded on a Saturday. It's a Sunday, man. I'm, I know. I'm recording with a Lacroix. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm 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 brewless as well, but I think that is okay. Cool. But if we record Bad Batch on a Friday or Saturday, it will be with a brew. Nice. Maybe this will be special bonus episodes. You got very frisky in the last one. Yeah, too much brew. Yeah, so um, I generally found this to be all very charming, and I think it was a very Omega-centered episode. You were a little confused about Omega. How Have your feelings changed at all? Um. They haven't changed tremendously. I'm I'm not confused by her. I I get I understand what her character is doing in relationship to the bad batch. <laughs> like <laughs> I I like I I think she's being used as like a, a device to humanize and soften them a little bit and one would say she's the good batch. Oh, she's the good batch. <laughs> I love that. But she is, like you said yeah. earlier, she's the 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 Grogu to the Mando. Like, um, mm-hmm. but I I'm not I, I'm not you know I don't love her yet. She could disappear from <laughs> <laughs> this arc. She could go with the clone deserter, and she could go with Luke Skywalker. And I would not miss 
her. Oh, interesting. I think I would. I don't know if I'm all in like I was with Grogu. Um, I'm not like it's like it, but I think it, she gives the show some heart that I think would be missing. Um, and I think, I mean, it is the thing that is a little bit interesting. It is very Mando, like essentially hunters trying to figure out how to be a dad, which is exactly what's yeah. going on in Mando. Yeah. But I do think she brings something to the table that I really enjoy. Uh, yeah, I guess if I'm thinking about remove her from the, from the series, what it would be like, it, it would feel two clone wars in a way yeah. like two f- action everywhere all the time. Yeah. Uh, plus, I mean, the show needs some emotional tie. I think, you know, there was, that's part of what makes star Wars great. And so I just don't really see maybe eventually down the road, like you can see some emotion, emotional ties between like Hunter and Wrecker or like tech yeah. and, and someone else on the crew. But like at this point, I think they need that intermediary in order to facilitate the emotions, you know? I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, Plus the other yeah. thing too is like, we don't know a lot about her still. You know, she's, um, she, we said this before, like we're, a, she's one of the, what's the, the, I don't know. What do they, what do they say? Like genetically the, modified clone. Yes. That's she's a genetically modified clone. That's the word I was thinking of. Yeah. And we don't know like what her power is. You know, she shot someone with a gun once. And so she might grow into something much like Ahsoka did that we think will be even more exciting. So I'm, I'm not bought in a hundred percent, but I do think that she brings something to the table that I really enjoy. And I did, I did think that, this was all very charming. Her her being in space the first time, mm-hmm. playing with the kids I thought was cute. Like her not knowing how to play and what the function of play was. Like that's that's fun. I like a fish out of water story. Yeah. I, I, I think maybe I would like it more if it was not done in this animated style. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably my disconnect, to be honest. I think if you translated this to like Mando style realism. I would, yeah. I think I would connect more, but something about, honestly, I think the holdup for me is like the character looks a little just too. Any kid rendered characters on like this style <laughs> just don't look good to me. They look like <laughs> adults literally shrunk down, not that's kids. That's fair. Yeah. So I just don't think, if, I'm almost like, oh, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fun. I think that's, that's, if I'm, yeah, I think that's really what the core of it is for me. I'm just like, eh. Okay, I get that. Um, something, speaking of Mando realism, something that I loved is the whole chain code drama. And, uh-huh. like, I don't know why. Like, I live for this stuff. Like, money exchanges and, like, you now need to turn your credits into imperial credits. Like, the bureaucratic, like, function of changing from a republic to an empire. Like, if you give me an entire episode of bureaucrats, like, huh. transferring title deeds, I would be so into it. <laughs> That's weird. I really enjoyed that. I don't know. It. It's... It's an interesting device. I um, mm-hmm. I, I just kind of saw it as a... I don't know. To be honest, overall, this episode for me, I 
I'm not like, oh god, I don't like Bad Batch, but mm-hmm. it just feels like the it didn't raise the bar or lower the bar. It just is like very table stakes episode two. Okay, let's push the action forward. No new wild big reveals. Um mm-hmm. That's it, interesting. I feel like it it built something and I'm it's no droids in distress. I mean that oh, was that's real. yeah. That's just like a episode. That, that was a drop that, off. Yeah, that was, that big, was yeah. so I agree with that. But I think, you know, the emotional bonds were there as I said. And then this functional stuff I do find I mean, I was kind of joking a little bit. I do like that nerdy, dorky stuff, as you can probably tell from the deep dives I do on like incredibly obscure things, but I think the interesting part from a thematic standpoint is so the these chain code cylinders were introduced in Mandalorian actually. So those are the things that the bounty hunters said they would be able that's how like you would get the target and the person's identity on it. And that's right. how like the bounty hunters would go get them. Um it doesn't seem like it's as big of a deal at that point. So I'm wondering if once the Empire fell it, you know, kind of they were basically just like picture like wanted posters of people. But it sounds like at this point, essentially the Empire is finding a way, and this is ingenious. I would have never thought about this. Is like, so if there was an Empire that took over America right now and wanted to track every single human being, you know, more so than they're actually doing right now. Um, the, yeah, no, nice. Um, so say they go like, oh, you have like a hundred dollars in your bank account. Those are now useless. You can't use that for anything. You need a hundred Imperial dollars. And the only way to get that is if you sign up with this tracking chip so we can know where you are and everything about your identity. And that's really insidious. And I think that was a really dark kind of shocking revelation and a new entrance to the canon that I, I really enjoyed. Yeah. It's I I think tech would agree with you. Not tech. Uh, <laughs> Echo, uh, echo, yeah. right? He thinks it's ingenious as well, yeah, uh, nefariously so. But it's, I, I guess, okay. Here, here's where I'm confused, and I was like, I, I, okay. I almost rewatched the episode. But I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna go into this confused, and that's gonna be great. Um, why did they need? I don't know where they're going, or I missed it. Why do they need chain codes to get on this transport? Where are they going to? So they didn't say there was a specific threat. It was, there was just, so this droid or droid, this clone um, was from the Clone Wars. Um, he was. I remember the, the, I remember the episode with him. Yeah. The episode was called the deserter. So his name's yep. cut and he left the armor army because he had, he wanted to embrace his individuality and do what he wanted to do. And, Captain Rex and him have some drama, but Cut holds off a separatist attack. And evidently, what happened was he go he went to this planet, which was like a formerly safe planet, where he was just like, he can live with his family and just not be identified by people and just live his life. But when the Empire came for some reason, they started impounding all the ships. They set up a base on this planet, and there's just a lot more Imperial activity. And I think one thing that was kind of up to the stakes for this that I think was really ingenious. And it's kind of fun thinking about it with the bad batch is like for cut specifically, he's a deserter, but he looks exactly like all the soldiers. And so, I mean, we get that scene and luckily it got interrupted where he's just like, wait, you look like, like the places where he is probably actually safe is very, very low. 
So just the fact that a bunch of clones show up on his planet that used to be safe, he's like, I need to take my family and we need to get the hell out of here. And so that's why they were trying to get transport off of the planet. Mm. And then the the problem with the chain codes is right as they were doing that, the Empire instituted this essentially mandatory ID law that all of your money is useless and evidently you can't tra- you can't travel unless you have like a government ID, which are these chain codes. And so since he's obviously a deserter, he can't like go to the government office and just like exchange his money and get like a new ID. So that's why they had to forge it. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So I'm going to keep asking questions. And yeah. Hopefully go for it. The, the listeners will have these questions. So <laughs> what's the, what's next for the outside of just getting a chain code? Mm-hmm. That seems like the MacGuffin we're following now. What's, the larger plot point for the bad batch outside of crosshair seems to be hunting them and they need chain codes. Yeah. Where are the bad batch going in your mind? Yeah. What end? So, I mean, I think the reason they visited cut and it's interesting because Rex had visited cut as well, right after this, because Rex had become a deserter and had been accused of treason so, my feeling is that essentially all the deserters, all the clone deserters had the same idea. Like, hey, we know a guy who did this once. He'll tell us how to be a deserter. And so they showed up to Cut's place, like essentially hoping they'd be like, hey, how do we get away? How do we live our life? So I think the Bad Batch's goal, you know, if everything went smoothly, would be they go to Cut's place. Cut goes, oh, this is how I set up a new life. Oh, here, yeah, go to this planet. No one will find you there. And then they just, like, post up and don't get hunted anymore. Um, But that would be a very anticlimactic TV show. So my guess is that they're attempting to to do that, and something is going to foil those plans. That's fair, yeah. Yeah, because um, they, I mean, the Bad Batch, they don't want anything. They're not like trying to bring down anyone yet. I, I think there might be some sort of, you know, incident that might push that. But at this yeah. point, they're just trying to live their life and be safe and get away yeah. from Camino, which wasn't safe for them anymore. Yeah, that makes sense. I, um, mm-hmm. I, I asked that to wonder this episode to me, you know, not knowing what's coming next feels like a potential bridger because I think if I was going to make a prediction, it would be that um, I already forgot the little girl's name. Omega. (laughs) Omega (laughs) gets captured and this lights a fire under the bad batch to infiltrate this and do this and save her. And along the way, crosshairs between them and, you know, all this stuff. And they may have to enlist the help of, certain allies, whatever, you know, whatever canon, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, folks that they may be, but. Yeah, I could see that. I think that is a very natural conclusion. I think the thing that is interesting is that's literally the plot of season two of the Mandalorian. Yeah. And, but that does, that doesn't preclude it because I was even looking at this, that, I mean, the bad batch, they started working on it in like 2012 or something crazy like that. Um, not this show specifically, but like introducing the bad batch, then a bunch of other stuff happened. So, I mean, they might have been writing this for years and years and years. And then all of a sudden, like, like 
John Favreau comes in and he's like, all right, I have this idea where Baby Yoda gets captured. They're like, dang it. We've been working on this yeah. for four years. Yeah. So that doesn't preclude that it doesn't happen. I think if I had to guess, and I think what I would think would be more interesting is, I think I brought up that there was uh, like fugitive vibes for this, which I like. Um, like just they got to stay away from the law. So I think what is I think what I'm going to guess happens is they get into some sort of like some sort of firefight or some tricky situation and Omega has some sort of ability that oh. is that is unknown. Maybe she's a force user. Maybe it's something insanely crazy like that. What no if, way. What, no force. No force is going to happen. I, bad I it might not be bad. It might not be force, but I'm just saying it could be. And then, well, maybe what if that's interesting? What if she is a clone force user somehow? And then all of a sudden the inquisitors are on her. Then yeah, all of a sudden the remaining Jedi are on her and they have to try to run away from the bad guys while hooking up with the good guys. Um, I think that might be where this is going. Mm. Um, but that's a complete guess. I have nothing to back that up. How far, how old do we think Omega is? She's like, like 10, 12. Yeah. If I'd be 12, guess. we'll say like 12. Maybe yeah, I'll see if I can find while you talk, I'll see if I can find confirmation. And how far away is the new hope setting from this? So this 16 to 20 years. I mean, this ends right as revenge of the Sith ends. Okay. So, you're better with timelines about that stuff. When did Revenge of the Sith end? Do you know? Um, I think it was in like the 20 years. Well, Luke was born. So how old is Luke and new A New Hope? Like 18 or 16 18. or something like that. So probably like, yes, probably 16 to 18 years before New Hope. I'm, yeah. I'm saying this all to think, let's say Omega's 12 Mm-hmm. She'll be about if she lives, she'll be in the about thirty year range for a new hope. I'm just trying to peg mm. potential canonical characters for New Hope Empire, and I was just thinking I, we already we already know the roots of Amon Mothma. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. But so, oh well, yeah. We so I am trying to see it exactly right now i think it's like 19 bby yeah that's it so this is 19 bby so that would make sense that and like luke is 18 at, at a new hope so that means omega would be yeah i can't find confirmation so let's just say she's 10 so she would be okay. 28 to 30 years old during the timeline of a new hope okay and i'm just finding out that mon mothma was born in 46 bby <laughs> so doesn't match up. No, but that is an interesting thought experiment. I mean, the the nature of Star Wars is always jumping around, so it's very hard to kind of pin these things down. So, I mean, think about it. Yeah, we, Omega could be someone important that we know as an adult in a new hope, for sure. But the yeah. other thing I wanted to touch back on is I think that's kind of a really fun story thing that they did um, where Cut looks exactly like every trooper that they're they have which makes things very dangerous for cut i like that the bad batch don't they all look unique you can tell that they have strains of clones in them yeah. but they can get around in the world without 
being obviously clones, which, oh, yeah. which I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Much more than cut for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing yeah. I was confused about is, okay, so are stormtroopers being it starting to be, um, introduced yeah. yet, or did the clones just all of a sudden start sound, sounding like stormtroopers because they all had the stormtrooper voice? Oh, weird. If you rewatch um, it, they, and clones don't sound like stormtroopers, but now they have the exact voices of all the other stormtroopers. You don't think that can be explained off by like, oh, it's the filter on the helmet? Yeah, maybe it's like because they did get new new uniforms. They got more stormtroopery, evil looking uniforms. Um, so maybe it's like the new filter, and then now that they're brainwashed zombies, part of their cadence as clones was that they had individual personalities and things like that. Maybe they're just kind of you know. They all talk in that monotone, like, move along now. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't have, like, a New Zealand accent anymore. <laughs> that part's yeah. weird. But. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to rewatch that. I didn't pick that up. Yeah. Uh, I'll be honest. I was a little bit. I was. I was. I wasn't super intrigued enough throughout the episode to be paying full attention to. Mm. And after watching it, I was like, oh, I should rewatch that for the podcast and i was like you know what <laughs> and like no i should i should go into it in true form of how i watched it like kind of half interested fair enough i mean i think if you did rewatch it you would um enjoy it a lot more because i mean i like these little connections like one of the questions i was thinking about is like speaking of stormtroopers i think it would be really cool to see the drama of like the bureaucracy of enlisting new stormtroopers and the conflict that that will probably lead to between like the new human troops and the clone troops. Um, Mm. So like little things like that, I find super fascinating. And I think it, you know, the change of an empire, the change of a whole society on this level and how it affects people, I find very fascinating. So Mm. yeah. No, that's cool. I, I, I do hope we get more of that. I have no idea what we're going to get. Yeah. Based on episode one and two, I'm, I'm still on board, but I have no <laughs> idea what's going to happen. Yeah. I just could not call the shot from here. So, um, I, I have a, I have an idea for how we should end these new episodes, but before we Ooh. get there, do you have any other story points? Because I have a couple Easter eggs I want to, I want to call out, but I want to make sure we talk about no. all the No, hit stuff. me with them. Cool. So I didn't know this, but did, did you know that? Do you remember the clone 99 from Clone yep. Wars? He was the old, yeah. So, for the listeners, he was the old man clone who had genetic defects and kind of was, uh, you know, people made fun of him or bullied him. Um, but he sa- sacrificed himself to save Camino in Clone Wars and became an inspiration to Squad 99. So, that is why they are officially called mm. Squad 99 after, nice. as an homage to the old man clone. So yeah, that was really nice. nice. Yeah, I didn't know that. I also like um, th- their ship has a name. Their ship is called the Havoc Marauder. Whoa, I like that. You like that? Yeah, it's very metal. Havoc Marauder is cool. Yeah. I, I can't even envision what their ship looks like, to be honest. It's a cool des- ship design. They said they said in the episode, it's like a modified blah, 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 blah. It looks like, um, you know, like Emperor Palpatine shuttle that has like the triangle wings that fold down. Mm-hmm. Um, in in Return of the Jedi, when he first comes to the Death Star, yeah, it looks like an early version one of those, 
except for it has a bunch of guns on it and it's like black and cool. Ooh, okay. I'm gonna look this up. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a cool design. I like it a the lot. The Davy Havoc Marauder. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and poster talk. There's a poster boom, in there. Boom, 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 boom. They have a poster inside their ship uh, from a magazine called History Monthly. Okay. <laughs> Who do you think's the history buff out of the Bad Batch? I mean, I want to say it's Echo, but I'm going to go for... Yeah, let's go for Echo. I hope it's Wrecker. I hope he's just like, yeah, I just really want to learn more about... like. He's like one of those guys who's just like, yeah, I just want to learn about World War II, so I'm just going to yeah, watch like, this say, dry if documentary. <laughs> if it's World War... If it's War Monthly, it's definitely Wrecker. Yeah, totally. Um, so, oh, I... Speaking of this, this isn't an Easter egg, but this is a question we had last um, episode that I think I've kind of noodled through, and I wanted to run this idea by you, and it's the duplication between Tech and Echo and how they kind of do the same thing. So I think I think that's true, that they are kind of doing the same thing, but I think essentially what they're going for is that Tech is the brains of the operation. He's the one who can calculate things really quickly. He's the C-3PO. Okay. And Echo is the droid, like the astromech. Echo is the one who has the arm that can like unlock doors and like hack computers and things like that. Okay. And so I think they're essentially C-3PO and R2-D2, but they can also hmm. kill people. Yeah, I don't know if their relationship works too well. I am, they're, at the end of this episode, they're off. They take the ship, right, mm-hmm. to get caught. Their whole plan to get caught by Imperials to... And them together is just, <laughs> uh, I, I, maybe it'll, maybe it'll get good, but it was just a little too dry. Yeah. Um, yeah. interested. I mean, if data didn't talk, it might be better. Tech. Uh, data, data star Trek. We're going to do that a million times. <laughs> yeah. If tech didn't talk, it might be better. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think I agree that they need to do a little more to differentiate the two. Um, but yeah. Um, the last thing is that we saw a couple callback creatures. So I forgot the name of that, that angry cat, but that's the, the angry oh, demon the, cat from revenge, uh, for, uh, attack of the clones. Lick to Nick to next to next to next, <laughs> next to you. Yeah. Something like that. <sighs> it's the one that rips Padme's shirt. <laughs> yeah. Back. Okay. We also see Nunas, um, which are essentially, it's, this is how they were described. Nunas are essentially space turkeys. They first appeared in Phantom Menace and have been in the background of multiple animated Ooh. shows and other material. Nuna meat is also one of the in-universe substitutes for Earth food when it comes to Disney's Galaxy Edge. So I guess if you get something with turkey in it at the Disney park, it's actually they say that it's Nuna meat. Okay, fair. Yeah. Also um, confirmed it is a Nexu. Oh, good one. Like it. Cool. So those are all the Easter eggs that I have. Is there anything else you wanted to chat about for this episode? Do you know what? No, still on board. A little a little less pumped than I was after episode one, mm-hmm. but I have come to expect I don't know how many episodes we're getting, eight to ten. I'm assuming something like that. And these are 40-minute episodes, not 20, which surprised me as well. Mm-hmm. In a, a typical series like that, 
I expect for episode one to be a banger. Episode two and three to be sloping into the character gathering and world building. Mm -hmm. Four and five tend to pick up a little bit. Six to drop and seven and eight to start hitting really hard. Like that's my mental model for how seasons tend to work. Mm-hmm. So if nice. by episode five, I'm still feeling the same, we'll be worried. Okay. I like that. I like quantifiable metrics. There it is. Nice. My... Cool. So I, I want to introduce an idea. We're floating ideas. This is, this is all a work in progress. I, I think it's fun. So we had a rating scale on our last, yes. um, ep- on our last podcast when we were talking about rebels, um, I think let's, we brought up an idea of a sidekick scale in our last episode mm. where in my opinion, <clears throat> Grogu is the best, the best sidekick, um, of recent memory and maybe Jar Jar is the worst yeah. sidekick in yeah. recent memory. You can make the scale is subjective, so you can tell tell me what you think the best sidekick and the worst sidekick is. And so I think we should rate our our. So I will go first. I will say my favorite sidekick is Grogu from The Mandalorian, and my least favorite sidekick is Jar Jar. Between Jar Jar and Grogu, I am giving this episode. I didn't think that far into what I actually want to give this episode. I will give this episode a C three PO. Okay. He's he's iconic, but he's not my favorite. I think it's like that's like a solid B for me. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. Okay, so here's my right. scale I can riff on. So I'm gonna agree with you. Jar Jar is I have a I have a place in my heart for Jar Jar Banks. I'm not a hater, but I don't think it I think he's probably the lowest of the, yeah, the sidekicks. He, he he is at the bottom. Mm-hmm. There's it's either him or whoever the kind of sidekick guy is in Resistance, Nick Nico. Next, oh uh, yeah, whatever Nico, that guy is. I, and I think his name's Nico. Probably, yeah. But Jar Jar is Jar Jar is my least favorite sidekick. My most favorite sidekick is K two S O. Oh, it's great, great, hard hitting, amazing sidekick. Love. Yep. Ah. Uh, I would give this episode a hmm sidekicks are aren't aren't plentiful. There's a lot more than you think. I mean think like like two tubes is like Saul Guerrero's yeah. sidekick. I mean there's the droid all the droids that we see. Yeah. Yeah. You can think of like apprentices, like Sith apprentices. Oh good one. Oh that's a oh that's a great one. Padawans. You know I know. I'm I'm going to give this episode on a scale of Jar Jar to K2SO. This is going to sound like a cop-out. I'm just going to agree with you. This is a C-3PO. Okay, fair. Just a, a B, if not, and depending on the movie, it's either a B- minus or a B+. Plus. Okay, fair. Actually, if you go to Attack of the Clones, C-3PO is creeping down to a C+. Plus. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is just a... A hold me over episode. Let's get us there. Build the characters. Understand the connections. Don't do any wrong, but don't do any good. <laughs> kind of episode. Fair. Yeah. Yep. Great. 
All right. Thanks, Mike. Would you like to tell people where they can find us online? Oh, yeah. Rebels, Rebels Pod at Gmail, Instagram, and Twitter. Yeah, and we um, we didn't mention this in our first episode, but you might have noticed that we have new theme music. So I just want to shout out this very cool band. I just they're, they're great. They're called Sore Thumb. So thank you, Sore Thumb, for our new theme music. It's also it's my band, great. so yeah. it's self-serving. It's a, I love it. It's a great. Thank talk. you. I appreciate it. We came out with a new EP. You can get all the information at www.sorethumbband.com. And thanks to the rest of the guys for being cool with us using the song. He's a dope. Yeah. Till next time, do you have a sign off? Uh, uh, a safe for work one this week, maybe? Yeah. Go forth and prosper and peace. You should just do the same one. What are you doing? <laughs> no. Don't fix so. up. <laughs> no, not that no. one. <laughs> yeah. Until next time. Be brave out there. Don't look back. Don't look back. There we go. Don't broke what's don't don't fix what's not broke. Don't broke what's breaking bad. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>